Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Live Richer podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Kathy Pickering. Welcome, Kathy. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here today. So, Kathy, for those who don't know, she is the chief tax officer at H&R Block, and taxes are coming up. So I wanted to have my favorite expert, Kathy Pickering, to come on and talk to us about all the new changes happening when it comes to our taxes in 2024. So, Kathy, what do we need to know when it comes to our taxes in 2024? What are some of the changes? What are some things that we need to be aware of? So first off, it's tax season, which for tax nerds like me is our favorite time of year. It's very exciting. Lots going on. And we'd love for it to be everybody else's favorite time of year as well. But, you know, I know that's not really always possible. That said, um, there haven't been a whole lot of tax changes this year, which is really good news. It feels like we're starting to get into something that feels a little bit more normal. When we were going through COVID and the pandemic, there were a lot of COVID tax stimulus benefits that were going on. And it was really uh, confusing because people were uh, scrambling to try to understand how to take advantage of these things. What do they mean and all the rest of it? All of those have expired. And so now we're back into things that are a little bit more stable and normal. So what do you need to know? Well, first off, every year the IRS updates their tax brackets and other factors for inflation. We are all hearing about inflation and things are really stressing the pocketbook these days. So the good news is with the expansion of the tax brackets, there was a pretty healthy expansion this year. It was up to 7%. So if you pretty much stayed the same year over year, then you'll be paying a little bit less in taxes this year. So that's good news. That means you might be getting a little bit of a bigger refund or you might be paying a little bit less in taxes because of that expansion of the brackets. That's the first thing people need to know. Then there's a few other things that are important for people to understand. We've heard about the resumption of student loan payments, right? Those deferrals are now back in action. If you're Mm -hmm. carrying student loans, you have to pay them back. And one thing that's important to remember is you'll be able to deduct your student loan interest. So that's that's a way to help with some of the pain of having to restart those student loan payments. There's also for people who buy their health care insurance on the marketplace or on the exchange, there is a premium tax credit to help offset the cost of the health insurance premiums. And so that credit was expanded a lot. So if you're buying insurance on the exchange, now there's a broader credit to help offset those costs, which is something that can really help in various states. 
where they had a surplus of COVID funds, they started issuing stimulus checks at the state level. And when you get extra money from the government, a lot of times that's taxable. But in many of these states, those tax payments were deemed non-taxable. So in that case, you're going to want to know, you know, in your state, how does it apply for your situation? But those are a couple of the um, top level things that we're advising, um, we're advising taxpayers to be aware of this year. Well, I heard there's something coming out with the children's tax credit. Some of us with children are waiting on and I was wanting to know what's your advice? Should we wait till it passes or should we not when it comes to the new law based on the child tax credit? Uh, Jamie, it's such a good question. The child tax credit is a really important credit for um, families with children under 17. Um, there has been various, you know, during the COVID years, there was an expansion of that credit. And some families even started getting advanced payments on a monthly basis, which, you know, can be really helpful, but it can also be really confusing if you didn't understand, you know, what all was going into that. So now all of those expansions are gone and we're back to the normal child tax credit. Um, but there's pending legislation. So they're trying to find a way to expand it. It's not passed yet. And so here it is. It's February. We're watching closely to see, you know, will it pass? And if so, what will that mean? So a couple things people need to understand right now. The, the legislation hasn't passed. There's language in the legislation that's directing the IRS to make adjustments automatically for people who've already filed. So they know that if this legislation passes, it will be after the start of the filing season. A lot of people will have already filed. The IRS does not want any amendments. So they'll make those adjustments automatically. So my best advice to people is don't wait. Don't wait to file. Go ahead and file now because you'll be waiting all that much longer to get your refund if you're waiting. And the legislation might not pass. So what what I recommend to everybody is go ahead and file as soon as you're ready. And the IRS, if this legislation passes, will make those adjustments automatically for you. And if you're filing with a trusted tax advisor like H&R Block, we will keep you updated. We'll make sure that you get everything that you're entitled to and you don't have to worry about those kinds of things. So everyone, Kathy is saying, don't wait for any new laws. Just go ahead and file your taxes. The sooner, the better. Right there is some tried and true wisdom from Kathy Pickery. Don't wait to do your taxes. It's never good to procrastinate. Now, it's Kathy, never good. <laughs> never good. you know, a lot of us experience life changes every year. And what should we do when we have some of those different life changes? And maybe you can walk us through some of them and how maybe that our taxes will change because maybe we got married or we have a kid, things like that. So life changes always mean tax changes. <laughs> so if we look <laughs> at a few of the simple ones, something as um, simple or exciting, maybe it's not that simple, but getting married, 
You know, going from, you know, a single filing status to married filing jointly, then definitely means that you're changing the way that you file your taxes. You and your spouse are now filing together. It's a different filing status. And it means that there's different tax brackets that you'll be taking advantage of and possibly other benefits. So something as simple as getting married um, will change your tax situation. Something like having a baby, while we know that really changes your life, it absolutely changes your tax situation as well, because there's going to be a couple credits that you may be eligible for. Things like possibly the child tax credit, the earned income tax credit, child care expense deductions, all those kinds of things are things that you would be eligible for claiming on your tax return. And everyone knows that when you have kids, you have a lot of expenses. So any help that you can get in offsetting some of your taxes is definitely a beneficial um, thing for for that. A um, couple other things that um, perhaps not quite so obvious, but you know, say you're in that sandwich generation where you're not only caring for children, but you're caring for elderly parents. There's credits that may um, and, and deductions that may help you, you know, with um, with the care of, you know, your your parents and the caregiving expense and those kinds of things. So it's really one of those things just as you're going into any life change. That's a perfect time to consult with a tax advisor and just look at, you know, what's what's changed here? I, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm you know, paying my taxes accurately, but not a cent more than I need to. And so it's important to, you know, get that little checkup, look at what you're doing and see if you can take advantage of any of the wisdom so that you're, you know, you're getting things accurate, but then as optimized as possible. When it comes to your taxes and side hustles, which a lot of people do now, what are the new laws around that? How do I put it in and how much do I have to make on my side hustle before I have to report it? So this has been really confusing. So there is um, a reporting requirement from any payment platform, whether that's if you're a rideshare driver for Uber or Lyft or you're selling things through Etsy, you know, eBay, whatnot. Any payment platform has to provide a information reporting to the IRS, which is called a 1099K. And the law was originally passed to say for anything more than $600 that has to get reported to the IRS. Well, the IRS this year said we're not ready to implement that yet. And so we're going to postpone it for another year. It had meant to go into effect two years ago. They said we're going to postpone it for one more year. And when it goes into effect, we're going to set that limit at $5,000. Now, Congress can come in and say, wait a minute, we want the limit to be X, Y, Z. They could say we want it to be $20,000 or we want it to be $200. But right now what we know is that if you have um, income that exceeds $20,000, you would get a 1099K for that. And in the future, it will be over $5,000. And basically what that means is it's just a a form that says, you know, from this payment platform, you made, you know, X number of dollars. 
some of the platforms will provide a little bit more information like you know were there some expenses associated with it and things like that some of them just show that straight up here's how much money we paid you out and what's important there is that there's expenses that are associated with generating that money as well so that's not your income that was what your revenue is and then you need to deduct all the expenses for example with a ride share you know you may have made you know ten thousand dollars in driver you know in rides but you've got gas uh, car maintenance um you know if you provide water and mints to your passengers and your car washes all of those things if you're advertising if you're having to pay fees to sign up for the service all of those things are part of your business expense and you want to make sure that you're deducting all of those appropriately so that you're only paying taxes on the income not the total money that they had sent you as example well that's really good to know i didn't realize that and i didn't know if it got into effect or not and i don't know if people know that or not so it hasn't yeah and so it's still twenty thousand. Well, that is really good to know. And that you still need to look at all your different things and deductions and utilize them. So same thing for, I'd say, say I started a business or I'm a small business owner. I would guess the same type of thing, right? Would you, if you were, would you go to a professional if you have a business just real quick? Or do you think you could still just use one of the new, one of the platforms and do it yourself? My advice would would, will always be that when you're starting something new especially starting a business you want to work with a small business advisor and make sure that you're getting your books and your records set up straight filing your taxes after that you know if things are really simple and straightforward sure you know you can do it yourself but that first time you just want to make sure that you're getting all your systems and processes set up we've got small business advisors they specialize in this and then you know working with an expert you may get some other little tips that you hadn't even considered you know because you're like oh i'm just focused on trying to get my business going i'm not the tax expert but boy i sure am you know the expert in launching this business and then you're going to miss out on you know just some of the um, tips and tricks of things you know that you want to make sure you have in you know in practice for your business and one one of the simple things for for newbies is you absolutely want to have a separate business bank account from your personal bank account a lot of a lot of business owners are terrible at record keeping and so the simplest thing that you can do is just keep your accounts separate and then it's so much easier to just go through and pull pull your expenses pull your income and you know have that as you know just a, an easy way to go so that's just one simple tip that if you haven't worked with an advisor before, you, you just might not know. You hear you're giving us tips here. So what would you, what's your best tip when it comes to getting a larger refund? So do you have any tips for that? Is there one that you say maybe it's a deductible that people don't realize they could get? So I think a lot of people really like getting a refund it's that confidence of you know i don't owe the irs money and it's kind of like your little forced savings account there's just nothing better than getting a couple thousand dollars in the spring so you can plan your summer vacation as example but what people don't realize is that they can 
adjust their payroll withholding to make sure that they're going to have a buffer to get a little bit more refund. So that's just one little tip that I always talk to people about is, have you looked at your paycheck? Have you looked at your payroll withholding? Is there maybe an adjustment that you want to make to bump that up a little bit to make sure that you're going to get a little bit of a refund? How would you do that? Can you give me a little bit more detail? When you start working, when you're working for an employer, they give you this uh-huh. whole packet of forms to fill out and it's your benefits enrollment and your this, that and the other thing. And there's always a W-4, which is the withholding certificate. And you can go online and you can, you know, look at it. You can figure it out. And in there, it's, you can either just do very straightforward, simple, you know, here's my here's my married you know, status or, you know, single. And I have a couple kids and you know put it in and that will get you as you know streamlined the withholding as possible but if you wanted to have just a little bit more buffer by adjusting that you can have a little bit more withheld which then results in a little bit bigger refund on the other side so that's a really good trick kathy do you have any other tried and true wisdom when it comes to taxes that you could share So this is another thing that a lot of people don't know or they don't understand. And if you've ever found yourself in a surprise situation where you owe money, um, it's the kind of thing that invokes fear and anxiety in everybody. You you come in, you're like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that I got a bonus this year and I didn't understand that. And now I owe money and I'm having, you know, heart palpitations because I'm I'm so scared about this. If you're doing your taxes early, you know, January, February, you can go ahead and file your taxes right away and you don't have to pay until April 15th. So you can go ahead and set the date for the payment on your return for them to deduct that money from your bank account a couple months out. And that gives you time to figure out, okay, how am I going to come up with this money, you know, or now I just need to make a plan, you know, to make sure I've got enough in my bank account for them to deduct it at that time. The other thing is that, um, you know, if you really do get surprised, you have so many options for paying that balance due. You can pay it on a credit card, which a lot of people like to do that because they're getting those um, travel benefits or rewards points, things like that, that they want to be able to, you know, if I'm going to have to pay the money anyway, I might as well get some extra benefits for it. Or, you know, you could always um, set up a payment plan with the IRS if you're really just like, ah, I just don't have the money and I don't have credit to be able to do that. You can always set up a payment plan. But the thing is, take a breath, know that you have options and don't freak out. You've got enough time to figure something else out and make 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 arrangements for it. So how do I get an extension? What if you needed to? Okay. Like you couldn't come up with the money in time. So or just in general, you need an extension. An extension to file is super, super easy to get. It's just a simple form and you file the extension and you get an automatic extension until October. But an extension to file your taxes 
is not the same as an extension to pay your taxes. So if you're owing money, then you're going to start accumulating penalty and interest on whatever is owed until the time that you pay it. So we really want people to understand the penalty for failure to file is 10 times higher than the penalty for the failure to pay. So if you owe money and you just don't have it, you just don't have a way to pay it, go ahead and file no yeah. matter what. Or, um, you know, or file that extension. But if you file the extension, you have to make that payment or arrange for your payment plan with the IRS. What happens if you don't file? I mean, do you go to jail? Is that what happens? I just have I mean, what happens? So only if, you know, you've been a, you know, repeat offender and you owe a lot of money, you know, if you're due a refund and you don't file, they're not going to come knocking on your door. If you owe money and it's gone extremely delinquent, you're going to start hearing from the IRS, right? They're going to send you notices. They're going to try to, you know, offer you ways to pay that money. They, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to work with you in a number of different ways. So what really happens is if you owe money and you don't file, then you're going to start accruing penalties and interest. And it adds up pretty quick. When it comes to taxes, is there anything else we need to know for 2024 that you feel is really important? Or if there's something, a lot of people, a deduction that a lot of people forget about, is there anything? Yeah. So there's a couple of things I really do want people to know about, and those are the clean energy credits. So if you're in the market for a car, specifically an electric vehicle, there's credits available for that, both new and used. And you want to work with your dealer. They'll know all the rules, but it can be up to $7,500 um, against the cost oh, of the car. Great. So that's really helpful. And then there's also um, new credits available for home remodeling. So say you need to put new doors or windows in, or you're going to buy some energy efficient um, you know, like HVAC for your house or things like that, there's really good credits available as well. So make sure that if you're planning any of those purchases that you get smart about what are the, um, what are the tax credits so you can fully take advantage of it. Those ones are actually really good. I was thinking about buying an electric vehicle that there's even those. So is there anything else you keep, I ask, keep asking you and you keep giving us these little nuggets. So <laughs> she's making, maybe there's something okay. else. She's, she's like, should I tell them? Should I not tell them? So there's one other, there's one other thing that's, that's new and it, it's, uh, well, actually there's a bunch of things that are new, but um, this one is particularly relevant with regards to um, disasters, federally declared disasters. So now there's been some provisions where if you have been um, impacted by, you know, I mean, the wildfires, the rains, the floods, those kinds of things in a federally declared disaster area, you're able to take money out of your retirement savings, your 401k, um, without the early withdrawal penalty of 10%. And um, that can really make a difference as people are trying to navigate, you know, rebuilding their home or, or that kind of thing, you know, navigating through oh, yeah. that. And you would also have the ability to pay that back into your retirement savings if you wanted to be able to continue to take 
the advantage of it. So that's just another thing as we're navigating some of these different, you know, disasters to know that there's options available there as well. Oh, see, that's another really good one, Kathy. Now, as you were talking, I was thinking, well, is there a pet tax credit? I didn't have a pet. So I was like, is there a dog credit? I mean, they cost more than kids, it seems like. So is there anything for pets? <laughs> As an absolute dog lover, um, boy, do I look for those. And the answer is no. no. I mean, unless, un- unless you have some business, you know, related expenses and those kinds of things, you know, there, there are some, but they're a little bit more, if you're just a, you know, if you're just taking care of your, you know, your family pet, no, there's no, there's no benefits there. Those dogs are expensive. My dog's very expensive. So one other one, I heard there was a boyfriend tax credit. Now, is that false? So I don't know if you were paying for your significant other. I, I, I don't even know if these are real. So or like if you're, if you're supporting another adult, is, is there such things if you're not married to them? Um, so there um, there are those, um, you know, like credits for, um, um, y- you know, uh, disabled where you're caregiving for a disabled adult or you know um an an elderly parent where you're providing all of the the support or more than half of their support and those kinds of things um that doesn't quite sound (laughs) like a boyfriend credit um so (laughs) in general i would say if something sounds too good to be true it is However, when there are certain life circumstances, um, you know, where you're actually, you know, providing for and caring for somebody who's dependent on you, um, there there are provisions in the tax code to help with that. So what about the parents nowadays who are basically supporting their older children? I know that's a big deal. We write about it a lot, who are taking care of their 20-year-olds. It could be 30-year-old, 40-year-old children live with them in their home and they don't have jobs and you still take care of them. Can you still put them on your taxes as a dependent (laughs) or is there an age limit? Uh, There's generally an age limit, you know, for, you know, if you're if you're declaring somebody as a as a dependent on your on your return. So there's there's um, age associated with that or they're still a full time student. So once, you know, once somebody's kind of gotten you know, to that age and they've moved out and then they've moved back. Um, typically, that's not going to make them eligible for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a tax credit. But um, I had to you know, see there, it's always it's always. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to ask people ask these questions all the time. Right. So I was like, I need to ask the expert if this is there's any other thing they can do. And I was like, I don't know if you can actually claim them on your taxes if they're done with school and living with you. So you say, no, they cannot. So there isn't any other fun little things that maybe we can claim on our taxes that we're not claiming are doing. Um, You know, I I think what's really best is to, you know, just kind of follow the straight and narrow and not try to get too creative in your tax return and save that creativity for starting your Mm -hmm. business and you know those those kinds of things <laughs> well it's true there's because i mean how many irs agents do we have now kathy do you know 
And plenty more coming with all the the new money that they've been given. They're really looking to um, increase their enforcement, albeit they're looking at, you know, high high income, high wealth um, taxpayers. But yeah, they've been kind of on pause with regards to collections and enforcement for a while. So this would not be the time to be bending the rules there because they they are looking to increase their collections and their enforcement. And one thing I've heard, it's kind of strange to just bring this up, is that the people who I know who have been um, actually audited, a lot of those people were people that had small businesses where like one was a bartender, um, one was a beautician. It was things like that. A lot of times, you know, they don't, you don't think you would be the type of person that's going to get audited, but they do probably because they're trying to do all these yeah, deductions like the, I'm talking about. That, yeah. So, you know, the IRS does tend to look at um, cash-based businesses because there's a high propensity for people to not report their cash income, specifically tips and things like that. And so in certain professions, it's just kind of a given that, you know, the IRS is going to, you know, have a, a sampling of those kinds of professions or if anything looks like it's really, you know, out of whack. So there's a lot of things in place nowadays where, you know, for servers and such, since tips are made electronically, yeah. you know, all of that just automatically, you know, gets reported. But if you've got bartenders and beauticians and things like that that are getting selected, some of it is just, you know, the nature of the work, given that it's such a high cash basis, that's just naturally going to, um, you know, gather the IRS interests. So uh, this is my last big tax question for you. So what should you do just in case you get audited? I mean, what should you be holding on to in case of an audit? You just said we got a whole bunch of new agents out there. They got to do something. So a lot of people got new jobs and they're looking for work. So they might be coming after you, <laughs> sadly enough. But what can people do? My best advice here is do not go it alone. If you're, if you're getting audited by the IRS, then you're going to want to work with somebody who's credentialed to represent you in front of the IRS because there's just a lot of, you know, tips and tricks for how to work with the IRS to answer their questions, you know, show them what they need to know, but don't don't show them everything. Right. So it's it's an important thing to work with a professional who's got that experience, who's been there, done that before and is going to hold you by the hand and help you get through it because it is scary i mean even yeah. you know even if you know that everything is right and you're 100 percent buttoned down it's just that extra level of confidence to have somebody walking through that with you to make sure that you're um you know that you're not not getting you know um overwhelmed or walking into a situation that you didn't need to and that could be another reason when you file your taxes, maybe using a service, doing something else, just so you kind of have those checks and balances there to make sure you're following all the laws and you're doing everything right. And exactly. When you're starting a business or self-employed for the first time, if you set things up right, you're setting yourself up for success. Get some, get some help. Don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. That's the, now's not the time to be going alone and trying, like you said, getting creative when it comes to your taxes. So, Kathy, I was curious. 
have you ever been like a money champion for someone in your life um, or had like a money champion moment where you were able to help someone? Here you're this huge tax expert. So and if you did, could you kind of share that story with us? So for me, um, you know, I think we all have family members that get themselves into um, credit card debt and, you know, um, financial um, difficulties that way. And so for for me, um, what I'm most proud of is being able to, you know, work with close friends and family and just really help them you know, get on that pathway to financial stability, you know, by first looking at what are the situation, you know, what's the total picture? Let's just put it all out there and understand how much money do you owe? Let's take away the shame, the fear, the, the judgment, and just lay it all out there, put that plan together. And then step by step, you know, you work it down. And when you see them cross the finish line to being free of all of that, there's nothing better. It's so exciting. And I think everybody has experienced something like that at some point in their lives. It's just, you know, it's just in one way or another. So, you know, helping people with that confidence of like, yes, you can do this, you can get past it. And then they're on their way and it's really exciting. Yeah, I think we've all experienced that some some point in our lives, right? Where we felt like we couldn't do it and we asked a family or friend to come help us. And if either you're the person getting helped or the person helping, it's a great experience for both. And now I want to ask you my final question. What does living richer mean to you? You know, that's, I love that question. And I think that living richer is so much less about money and so much more about being fully present in your life. So if you're not always worried about, oh, how am I going to pay the bills? And, you know, how am I going to get the next thing? And more just let me have deep gratitude and appreciation for what I have today, for the people in my life, you know, for my dog, for, you know, those things that really just bring me enormous joy in the moment that means you know that on a on a on a minute by minute day by day basis i can live richer because i'm fully enjoying and appreciating what i have right now i love that kathy you always give us words of wisdom and i just want to remind all of my listeners to first remember to file your taxes on time and to live richer thanks for listening to this week's episode Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at livericherpod at gobankingrates.com.